Welcome, uh, one and all, to episode eight of D and Debates, the show where the four of us dorky D and D players and DMs argue our hot takes concerning all sorts of Dungeons and Dragons topics. My name is Corey. I will be today's moderator of the debate. I'm Scott. I will be arguing. I'm Amanda, and I'll also be arguing. I'm Jake, and I will be trying to argue. Perfect. So today's episode will cover none other than spells, an absolute cornerstone of Dungeons and & Dragons, and an absolute necessity for any campaign full of fantasy and magic. There are tons of spells in D&D, and especially for someone like me, who has not played very many spellcasting characters, I'm eager to hear what the debaters have to say about spells, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, just a reminder, each debate consists of three rounds of questions, the first two of which are given to the debaters beforehand, and the third is left undisclosed so that the debaters must formulate their arguments on the spot. Uh, now, a quick disclaimer for both questions today, since we'll be taking at, uh, since we'll be talking at length about how good quote unquote spells are, I think I think personally that the strength or capability of a spell is and should be proportionate to the spell's level. In other words, any ninth level spell is probably better than a first level spell per se, but I could see them as equal to one another in strength and value because of the spell level. Just wanted to get that out there before we start. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the debate. Uh, so I will roll the die real quick to see who goes first. Jake, you'll be going first on question number one. So let's get started. Uh, so I am someone who, as you all know, does not play many spellcasting characters. So I usually have to look to the internet or people who have played spellcasters before for advice on which spells I should take with any character that I make. Uh, with new players as well, it can be hard to pick just what spells to have in any campaign. So, as people who are much more well-versed in the D&D Arcana than I am, what spell should I absolutely avoid at all costs? It should be noted that I'm well aware of the stink on True Strike, and I would never think to take it. So what other spell should I steer clear of no matter what? Jake, you're first. You've got uh, 90 seconds to answer this first question with your opening statement. So go ahead whenever you're ready. Right. Well, I am going to not take the same route, I think, as my fellow debaters here. Uh, my spell is not a bad spell mechanically. Uh, I'm going to argue you should never, under any circumstance, take Revivify. I think the entire idea of reincarnation, especially at third level, you get this as a fifth level cost, which is ridiculous. It trivializes combat, removes the tension of dying, and it just... I don't think it makes any sense to law that some common mage might be able to just raise the dead. I mean, it is just one minute, but in combat, you, a minute is a long time. Um, I, it's, I mean, there are loads of terrible spells mechanically, but most of them are have mechanical, like, situational uses. Um, but True Strike, uh, you've already said we're not talking about True Strike. Uh, I'm just saying that Revivify, I mean, I ban reviving magic um, definitely at that this low level in my campaigns. And I think you as a player should follow the rule of cool and take some fun spells instead of just using this spell, which frankly I don't find very fun. I mean, you could come up with some home rules to make reviving more fun, but by the book, I think Revivify 
is broken and should not be taken because ruins combat and other things. All right, perfect, perfect timing there. Um, cool. So Jake, we have you arguing uh, to not take Revivify. So up next, we'll have um, Scott. You will be answering up next. So which spell should I steer clear of no matter what? All right, I have also chosen a third level spell. However, I am focusing more on the mechanics. Um, the spell that I have chosen is a spell that makes everything harder for everybody, the players and the DMs. Um, it illustrates everything that is wrong with summoning in Dungeons and & Dragons, and that is summon lesser demons. What you need to do is you simply say that you summon lesser demons, uh, the DM then has to roll dice for what demons they are, uh, they have a challenge, upper challenge rating threshold, and the DM then has to decide who, what they are, roll for them in the initiative order, and then add them in. It is worth noting that you do not control these demons, they attack everybody um, miscellaneously. The only way that you can avoid being attacked by these demons, who are all low-level things that basically just serve to maybe break your own concentration, um, by uh, sending lots of little attacks rather than actually having an impactful uh, 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 amount of damage on the enemy. The only way to avoid the threat of these demons is to create a small little circle made out of blood come from a humanoid killed in the last 24 hours. Because as we all know from our D&D experience, having the whole party shelter in a tiny, like, 10-foot circle is exactly the strategy that you want to take in Dungeons & Dragons combat. Um, it requires concentration, it prevents you from doing other cool things. I think that it makes everything harder for everybody and has no benefit. Time. All right. So, Scott arguing for summon lesser demons to not be taken. Very well. Uh, which leaves Amanda to uh, finally answer question one, which spell should be avoided at all costs when you're ready? So, Corey, you brought up the kind of disclaimer about those spells kind of growing with power as they get higher level. I want to bring up a spell that does not do that, and it is just, I think, objectively the worst. That is the level five, six spell? Uh, level six? Yeah, find the path. Find the path is a survival check at a sixth level spell. Um, it allows you to just find a find the most direct physical route to a place you're already familiar with. And you don't have to already have been there, but you have to kind of know what it is, where it is. Um, it doesn't work under so many circumstances. If it, it has to be on this plane, it has to be a specific place. Um, and also the worst part is it doesn't tell you if it's a safe path either. It's like, hey, that's the shortest one. That's it. It's also concentration. It can last up to a day. Why would be concentration? That's dumb. You have to cast other concentration spells on the way. Um, it could be useful if it wasn't so restricted. If it wasn't at fifth, sixth level, when you could just take, if you're a druid, just take like transport via plants. It will be so much more useful. Or just make a survival check because odds are you have high wisdom and it'll do the same thing, showing you a fairly direct route. Um, no sense. Actually, survival check can probably may garner if there's danger or not a whole lot better it is a useless six level spell terrible objectively bad i cannot stress it enough it is stupid in every way possible time all right find the path 
So these are our spells that we're trying to avoid. I will open the floor for chaos. Why is your spell the worst option? Go. I will, uh, I will, I will start on Scott's uh, summon lesser demons. And his points he brings up are true. You don't want to be... But the, the thing with summon lesser demons is I think it's the kind of spell you, you have to be creative with. Perhaps you're playing an evil character and you're just in the, the in a market square. Imagine the chaos you could cause with summon lesser demons. You just a lot a, a lump, bunch of imps just cut, jump around throwing fireball, fireballs. It's just fun. Like in combat, you're not going to cast these lesser demons to actually help you really because they are kind of just attack you. But I think it, this is a good spell. Out of you can cast to cause chaos in a crowd. You can cast enemies abound. You can cast fireball. I I know, but this is like there this... are so many things that don't damage you that it's don't tie you down to one spot it's, or it's... actively damage you. Oh, oh okay. So, I, one I mean, thing I will it... say with that is, at first when you're like summon lesser demons, I'm like, wow, this is a you're right. I looked it up. This is a bad summoning spell. I play a druid. I have so many better summoning spells. But then I realized, oh, this is for warlocks and wizards. They don't really have a whole lot of summoning spells. I think that's at important. all. That's 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 blatant. But that's why too, because if you want a sort of evil necromancer type wizard, you have your demonic war, uh, pact of the fiend warlock. It's summoning. Well, it's a fun, flavorful mechanic. Summon undead, a good spell. You cast summon fey, a good spell. You cast. Uh, Do wizards and warlocks have that? Right. Uh, um, I believe that they at least have uh, Summon Undead. It's a third level spell. It was introduced in Josh's Cauldron of Everything. Summon Construct. Um, summon Aberration is a fourth level spell. Um, this is a third level spell. It's just, if you want a, if you want to have a, 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 so summoning is a very flavorful mechanic. I think it can be very fun if you're going for that specific type of character that sort of Scheming necromancer. Also I mean, things. maybe that's just the flavor. To do that, summon lesser demons is actively punishing you for wanting to do that. Um, I also think not necessarily. And maybe, maybe when you're running away and you can summon the demons behind you, and it'll help you if you escape. That's just a nice little thing. That Again, these are like challenge rating one quarter demons. They, I mean, they just one round can make all the difference. <laughs> The, the, the fighter. People don't have to engage them. They just run away. Are you worried about an opportunity attack from a demon? It, well, if, if, if it's playing, a wild animal, if I were playing a wild like animal's a, not smart uh, enough. Demonic no, necromancer no. wizard, or if it's a classic pack to the fiend warlock, I would consider taking some lesser demons. I think it is flavorful. I think it's fun. It's a little chaotic. I think that fits. It fits that type of character. Also, real quick, we're moving on. I'm going to move on to Jake. I'm going to move on to Jake now. I think Scott, if you want to help me with this. Ripify is so good. Great. If you have a campaign where it's like, I, hey, I want good. death to be more serious, go for it. But the whole the idea that you're in a fantasy world, deep dungeons and dragons and forgotten realms, this is a place where death <laughs> is not the is not the limit. There's a whole exactly. world beyond. But death. why is there any Based death in your world then? Like third level spells, a common mage might be able to get to the point where they have that. Why is there any death? Except from old age. And it costs 300 gold pieces worth of diamonds. It does. It's not always a guarantee. This yeah. is a world, it you know, says... Faustinus is level 8. He has never had more than 200 gold pieces in your campaign. There's a oh, real That's because I just don't give you money, but... Yes, you know. so there's a real economic, like, 
problem to prepping these diamonds over and over and over again. You can expect at a good haul to get like 900 gold. That's three I mean, guys, and you're the, against like... D &D is trying a to lot of people also it, don't do components. I mean, I'll throw it out there. A lot of people don't do components. It generally is, though, if you has a gold value, it's um, normally... That's still, good. Value the whole point, what Ripify says, what healing spells say, is that, hey, this is a world where it's a fantasy adventure world that's larger than life. It's that, hey, dying is not going to stop you from being an adventure. That's what the spell represents. It's what it but means. it's, it's just too low level. That. That's why I think something like reincarnation is cool and it's faithful because you change race or something. You're right, Revivify and that's why only clerics and paladins have revivified because it is a very powerful spell, so you need a very dedicated healer to have revivified. But it's, it's like the ability to raise the dead is the same level as summon lesser demons. I'm like, my friends. Well, that's a problem with summer less, summon lesser demons. No, it's just problem but, with revivify. You're right. It has its, <laughs> it's limits. A problem with Only a minute is not a lot. If it's you are also, farther away in combat, up to one hit point. So if you're doing it during combat, that person goes up. I mean, you do it after combat. You do it after combat. Like, you let combat end. You let the person fail the death saves. After combat, oh, you're right. There you go. And, and that combat also, don't go over a minute, so also not can't restore any like missing body parts. If this guy is, if your prime member is smashed into the ground, well, that, that it's is not going to bring them that back. That is very situation. If you want to kill your player, parts. you're going to find a way to kill your player. But odds are the PCs don't want to die; they're going to revive themselves. But it just—I think it removes the the tension of death. Like, who cares about death saves anymore? In it our, doesn't matter. In, it doesn't in the, matter. In the campaign you play, there is not a cleric nor a paladin in the party at this point. Death matters to us. We have seen so much clerics. Well, I, what know, happens... but this is, but I know, but this is for when there is a cleric or a paladin in the party. Okay, yes. so when Red got yeeted off the side of the bridge and fell to the bottom of a thousand-foot cavern, I mean, just Situational. Real quick. You're right, if you want death to be a serious it's thing, great. you want to be able to make death a serious thing. If players want to live, they will take Revivify because they want to live. It's dependent on the campaign because, like, sure, you can say Revivify it is, is, it is. be allowed um, to do this, and if somebody was like, you can't take Revivify in my campaign, clearly I wouldn't argue with that. Um, but the thing is, we have these many campaigns. I've run, like, short campaigns that are heavily based on the characters, where it's like, these characters die if they are at the very end. We have... we. I want players to be able to revive people so that the plot of the thing can happen. Imagine you have like a whole chapter of your campaign uh, based around uh, a character you have coming up and they die against a couple of bandits because they coup de grace or a, a minor mage because they coup de grace them with a magic missile to make them fail all of their death saves. Also, doesn't Tomb of, Tomb of Annihilation... That whole that the whole curse in it that's, that rides off this idea of like that revivify is a thing that people are brought back to life and use uh, that's, that power that, okay I admit it obviously depends on the campaigns there is like every single like find a path could become become the most one of the most overpowered spells in the game in a no. certain campaign yeah okay here we go I'll throw out a situation where find a path is ridiculous is very good. Say okay. you all get kidnapped by a bunch of trolls and taken to the deepest, darkest hole of a of a cave. Survival mm -hmm. checks aren't going to help you out. How are you going to get a survival check through a tunnel? You can just find the path, go do your house or anywhere on the um, anywhere you know, and you just got your path out of there. It is a six level spell. 
Yeah, you, you, you are not using find the path to get out of this cave. You you are what? No, you're using I don't know, move earth or something or like transmute plants. Um, what? Wind walk. There's I'm just reading off spells. Um, I don't see how that fit would solve this. I I agree. Problem. All of those would get you out. You could tunnel. You could like move out. The wind walk is great transportation spell. You get to just like fly around uh, invincibly. Here's my thing though. Find the path. Yes, it's useless. It's useless. Sure. It's not actively bad for you to cast it. It doesn't make your situation worse except by expending the spell slot. But find the path isn't fun either. You have one less spell slot, and your situation is the same as it was. With mine, you have one less spell slot. The DM is frustrated because they have to flip through everything and then roll a bunch of initiatives. All of the players have to wait for their turns more because these fucking imps are doing nothing but like, ee hee hee, I'm gonna zap a party member. Um, and you're starting to take damage and fail concentrate and have to make concentration saves because there are just these tiny little things disrupting the action economy. But at least that does something and it adds, the positive is it adds flavor. Find the path doesn't do anything at all. It is a waste of a very high level spell slot that doesn't think, not even a, a I, I think, it's a, I think do... it does abuse the situation. Like it is a terrible spell, but situation, and it's a, it's a, what is it? A bard, cleric, druid spell, yeah. and you prepare spells, right? You don't have anything prepared. Just never prepare, find the path, unless you're in the situation where it's not like, um, well, I don't know spells only, enough. It's only on prepared casters unless you decide to take it as magical secrets for a bard. It's not meant to be a spell that you learn. Right, so, okay, so then if I'm yeah. in the in that, whatever, goblin cave, and I was kind of thrown in there, I'd have to spend the night there so that the next day I could be like, I'm going to find the, my, find the path out of this cave, even though I could just probably teleport because we all have six-level spells! It's Ah, I just hate this spell so much because it's so bad. I have I have told my players, hey, you're traveling to this place. You know, you can take path A, which is short but more dangerous, or path B, which is longer but less dangerous. That me saying that as a DM, which I do all the time, is already more than what find the path provides. All right, we're gonna call it on the chaos uh, and go into closing statements. Uh, so just you know, uh, why, just with your closing statements, why is your spell the worst possible spell to take uh, out of the three presented, and why are the other two uh, more worth taking? Uh, I'll go first. I agree that mine is flavorful, but again, I reinforce, I have seen this spell cast in a campaign where somebody wanted to play a summoning necromancer type of person, and they just hated combat for the rest of it. They were like, why did I do this? Because when you're, you have these fantasies about summoning all of these things, and then it just makes everything worse and sloggier, and it actively degrades both the fun um, and degrades what mechanical benefit you could get from the third level spell. Uh, I would argue summoning as a whole is not great, but there are every other summoning spell is uh, a better option. Um, this one will make your life actively worse, make your DM's life actively worse, make the initiative more clustered after they've already written down the initiative. Um, 
and uh, yeah. I'd argue that for a third level spell, it is not that bad. It can still be fun out of combat. Uh, it has flavor, which is at least something. Ripify, it is so integral to D&D, unless you're doing a high value campaign in which you don't want the element in there. Great. Find the path is so beyond useless for a third level spell, for a second level spell. For a sixth level spell, it makes zero sense when it is information I have willingly gave players just because I'm like, yeah, they should, they will know this. They are in the woods and they're making survival checks. They know this. It has no purpose, no use. It is so restrictive. I don't, I, no one should take it. You don't have to. Why? You shouldn't. It's boring. It's bland. It's terrible. Okay, I'll go. Uh, Revify is not an integral part of D&D, and I don't see where that comes in. Um, I I stick to it that it's I it's not it's definitely not the worst spell. Like you guys have both said spells that are worse than Revify. Revify, I mean the problem with Revify is too good. Um, so I think it just takes away from combat, takes away from tension, takes a trivializes the tool, um, and you just rule of cooler, rule of cooler by that. All right, that concludes question one. Um, moving on to question two, uh, similar fashion. You know, like we talked about in the first question, it's important to be careful not to pick potentially useless spells. But on the other hand, I still want to be strong and capable uh, as a spellcaster too. So conversely, what spell should I strive to obtain no matter what? Uh, like True Strike, I'm well aware of the praises sung for the wish spell so uh other than that what should i pick up in order to be a strong and capable spellcaster i'll roll to see who goes first on this question it'll be uh, either amanda or scott because jake went first last question uh scott you'll be going first for this question number two um so yeah what spell should i pick up in order to be a strong and capable spellcaster uh, at all costs, whenever you're ready. We talked a lot about concentration being a thing that uh, actively degrades from spells. It's a balancing mechanic meant to uh, keep you from piling on all the great concentration spells. Let's talk about a spell that absolutely should be concentration, but is not, lasts for one minute, and is broken. Synaptic Static has the damage of Fireball, except as it is an intelligence save, um, does 86 psychic damage, which is low for a fifth level, I'll grant you that, but to everybody within its radius, um, it then uh, makes them subtract 1d6 from all of their saving throws for the next minute if they fail that intelligence saving throw, which synergizes so perfectly with what you want to use this on. Because the people who are good at intelligence saving throws are people that either you know you aren't going to want to cast psychic damage against, or um, wizards, which you just shouldn't be hitting with saving throws, you should be hitting with swords because they can counterspell the shit out of everything. Um, this is a spell that synergizes with the enemies you want to shoot it against. Uh, it's a fantastic debuff. Uh, a, an average of negative 3.5 to all saves is huge. That's, that's better than the Paladin Aura. Uh, it does not require, it'll go the entire combat. 
Um, it does decent damage of a fantastic damage type that is almost never resisted. Um, and uh, intelligence saves are the, uh, the, the broadly the best save to target, and normally you can't do it for damage. Um, so this makes you both an effective debuffer and effective crowd control, works on bosses and minions. All right, that's time. I went over a little bit, so we'll have 145 for the other two. Amanda, you will be going second for this question. So uh, what should I pick up uh, as a spell no matter what? Tori, I, and I cannot stress, th stress this enough, full-heartedly believe you must always pick up Cure Wounds. It is the most use, used and useful spell in the game. And I'm not just saying that as someone who always plays the healer. Like, there's a reason why I always pick the healer. It's because you are useful, you are always needed for something, you're always casting it on yourself, on for others. It is just, it is a solid, it is like the go-to healing spell. It, you know, it uh, stacks with as you increase the spell slot, you get at level one. It's always there. It's always needed. Your party will always thank you. Um, healing is just so important because in majority of fights, you're taking damage and someone needs healing. Um, it's not a huge damage dealing spell. It's not as cool and as epic, but it is so useful. And if you want to be a strong and capable spellcaster and strong and capable party member, you want to take a healing spell like Cure Wounds. It's you know, D8 per level, essentially. It is just solid. It can be used in and out of combat, which is also pretty great. Um, you know, healing, it's outside of combat, you know, heal some sick old man who then gives you information about things. It's just great. You can't always rely on like potions or uh, scrolls, or, like a paladin with lay on hands. It's just the go-to. It is fundamental. It is so important. That's it. Just Take your wounds. Be a healer. Be the best member of the party. All right. Cure wounds. Call that a classic. Um, very well. Uh, so then lastly, with uh, Jake, we'll have your opening statement as to which spell I should always take. All right. Did you ever want a second you, Corey? Or maybe you want to clone one of your companions. Maybe you want your own pet version of the BBEG. Or maybe you just want a pet Tarrasque. So I will propose to you the single most powerful spell in the game, including Wish. It's better than Wish, for a reason I'll tell you. But I'm going to propose Simulacrum, uh, the seventh level spell, completely broken. Um, I mean... Scott put forward a great spell, but why not cast that twice in a round with uh, Simulacrum or twice? Um, and it's not just really powerful in combat, just the fact of having two of you is very powerful. I don't think I need to explain why that is so powerful. But out of combat, the amount of shenanigans you can get up to is ridiculous. Like maybe you want to go assassinate someone, you have your Simulacrum go to a dinner party, so there's a two of you, and then you live in an alibi. Or maybe, maybe here's how why it's better than Wish. If you get the hair of an, like an Enfriti or something, and you just can simulacrum spam the Enfriti, you get three wishes a day for the rest of your life. Therefore, it is better than Wish uh, if you can do that. Um, 
if you want to find some really powerful things to simulacrum you can do legend law look for somewhere some ancient battles find like the horn of some big ass demon or something and then just make your own copy of it i mean the sheer flavor of the spell is unparalleled the options are endless it's extremely powerful um and it's just you'll never run out of things to do with the spell it isn't just a take damage do this it's just loads of things all right all right Simulacrum. Cool, cool. So now we have those spells out there. I'll open it up for chaos. What's the um, best? All right, Amanda, not only is Cure Wounds not the best uh, spell presented here, it is not even the best healing spell at first level. Because Healing Word also exists, uh, is cast as a bonus action, allowing you to use your action to cast a cantrip, to make a weapon attack, do whatever you want, heals an average of, um, of two damage less, uh, and is just as capable of getting party members to their feet. Uh, healing Word also works at range of 30 feet, whereas Cure Wounds has a range of touch. Um, I would never take Cure Wounds simply because Healing Word exists and is right nearby. Um, I know that we have a bias towards two hit points making the difference because of Odell. Um, Odell dying by one hit point. However, the odds for that are so incredibly low. Um, this is a much less expensive way because casting Cure Wounds um, costs your action and your movement to get over there. Um, uh, the, the healing word is just your bonus action. You can use your um, action to do whatever you want, and you can use your movement to do whatever you want. The change from a D8 to a D4 healing dice when you're adding your modifier is negligible. I think, I think Cure Wounds is just an inferior choice at that level. If also, Corey, are we factoring in what classes have these spells? We say, like, if you have any spell. Because that is a big reason why I went with Cure Wounds over Healing Word. I mean, uh, if, like, I know that the different spells are going to obviously be for different classes, um, but I have no particular spellcasting class in mind. So, I mean, just if you can make a okay. case for the, why it's better. Here are the reasons why Healing Word is still better, though, because the only classes that do get Cure Wounds but don't get Healing Word are um, Paladin, uh, ranger, Artificer, you make a good compelling thing for that, but Alchemist gets uh, Healing Word as one of its bonus spells. And their spell casting, their, their spell slots are better spent on other things because they are martial characters. The healer characters, Bard, Cleric, Druid, they all get Healing Word. And I mean, uh, and, it's, and it's a healing spell, so I think it must be said. Like, if you enjoy healing, good for you, but it's a healing spell. Do you find that fun? Maybe, probably not. Some people uh, do. I'll just spit out that. There's a reason why everyone else can keep fighting. Um, also, as you increase the level of cure wounds, it will do on average more damage. Numbers damage. increase. I think Matt checked that. Damage. Anyways, um, so honestly, Scott, I'm a synaptic static. It's pretty great. Mm. It's, I think it's a really solid. If just a damage combat spell, however, if we're just yeah. looking at that, yep, fantastic. It, it's great. But it's pretty limited outside in terms of non-combat purpose. I mean, which and is it's also the same for the cure wounds. Cure it's wounds. The yeah, technically you can cast it out of combat, but you're casting it in response to taking damage. 
I have used cure wounds so many times to heal someone sick. It allows that sort of, you know, it's a healing thing. There is a kind of looking for it, does it doesn't do that. By I the have rules. done it all. It doesn't do it by the rules. So that's actually not by the book and therefore should not be considered in this debate. I've always <laughs> seen it used as like a, you see someone that's lay on hands. hurt and sick or something. You can either like, I've seen it with like less restoration as well, but like, you know, kid like scraped his knee and you're like, oh my God, hey kid, and you heal it with cure wounds. Okay, like, oh. I do it all the time. Sure. I've uh, Jake, speaking of not by the books, it feels like you don't know about consumable material components. Yeah. No, I, okay, you know, no. Everything I said is possible. Okay, first, by the time you get Simulacrum, you're like 13th level. Money is not an issue for you anymore. Let's be honest. It shouldn't be. Uh, and every, all the scenarios I gave, you, if you want this to rasp, go invisible and just get some toenail scrapings. Um, I admit the BB... Scrapings. Get some toenail scrapings. Uh, get 1,500 gold pieces. Yeah, easy. And enough snow and ice to make up the size of a terrasse. <laughs> I mean, yep. but it's and hard. It's hard, but then you have a terrasse. And you 12 can't... hours later. Oh, that's not. I, I, I don't think that's... It is, I, it is such a cost thing. Yes, once you have I, it, I, I, it's great, but is it worth... Even if you yeah, just look at the I think it's, gold... I, it's, as soon as you have a terrasse, you win. It you just win the hit points, including uh, yeah, but you just do it. Okay, the Tarask one hit points for it is to spend one hundred gold pieces and an hour per hit point in a special uh, lab. Yeah, okay, the Tarask is an extreme example, but if you just clone yourself, it's definitely worth it. Just having to, you can have your simulacrum be on the heavy defense and just cast your spells. Maybe he can sit back and cast uh, spam. Or cast synaptic static. Oh, when I ask if you have two synaptic statics up, that's minus what is it? Seven to um, spell saves. It if is you have not two? because you can't be affected by the same spell. Um, really? Are you sure? Yes, I am sure. I have tried to abuse. Them. Okay, they can do a different thing then, but um, it's beside the point. And then, I mean, it just does so much. And like you guys are talking about only having in combat uses. I think the in combat use of this is undeniable. But the number of things that you can do outside of combat spell is gone right. forever. You do have that, but also there's not a whole lot that can be. If you're looking at that, then you're trying to, outside of combat. There's so many cheaper ways to like duplicate a person um, or but pretend you're someone is no, else. There is do no that. easier way in to terms of like illusion cast magic. Oh, in terms of illusionary things. Which is well, what the people who the, the scenario I gave of you going to kill someone while your simulacrum um, does something else, you can't really do that with an illusion because I think you have to see the illusion. It also, I think you, you can. You can also like have uh, someone might, else do alter self. Having yeah, so having having played, uh, I once played a wizard and a paladin at the same time, and the wizard simulacrumed the paladin because I wanted to. <laughs> Um, very fun, very fun, ran into a lot of issues. Um, first off, the simulacrum died fucking instantly, because the boss took, like, four attacks on them, and they were dead. Um, second off, it was conjured without equipment, uh, because simulacrum had I mean, the, 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 the best use of this is definitely not a martial character, probably, right? It's gonna be a spellcaster, if you do it, if, and you are gonna be a wizard with simulacrum. So, 
you can just you then dies quickly because they have half a hit point. But they don't charge. And you all still kicked my ass. Huh? Do you remember that one shot where the I cast- The President's Day one shot. The President's Day one shot, where I cast Simulacrum on myself with Wish. We were level two, yeah. All of the downsides that I'm talking about, and you all still kicked my ass. Well, we you didn't kick what? your ass. You you kicked our ass. We couldn't get to you. I mean, your simulacrum didn't do wasn't the thing that Although, made that, but quick, we had to focus by the simulacrum. Constantly. You know what spell that when it when almost ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time when it's cast, it's like yeah, that was a good use of that spell. I don't yeah, when, it hit, when it heals Cure when wounds. it when it's in action and spells slot to heal what like three hit points yeah th then it's a good use it's, it's it's not good for the action economy. it does one thing it does one thing and if we're arguing about the best spells that you should absolutely take it's going to do more than that it's just fundamental it is a core thing like, 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 what spells you should take you don't you need it you don't need yeah, you it do. healing word healing word has already said is better and if you and you've Paladins have an alternative in Lay on Hands, which is just much better. And then when you get to high levels, there are just other healing spells uh, that do a lot. I mean, and there's also Goodberry. Cure Wounds can't, is... Can't be scaring Goodberry. That's also wounds better is outside of Cure It is just a sort of base. It is like a spell you shouldn't skip on. Like, skip. It's that is kind of the question. Is it is spell. It's 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 average, mid-tier. Maybe up to mid-tier. No, but... it's good. It's good. It's like B-plus spell, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, if, you took, if you took Healing Word and Cure Wounds, would not fault you on that. Cure Wounds has better healing out of combat. Um, but most of the time you need healing, it is in combat, and it is bringing up a downed ally. And Healing Word is just objectively better for that. I also think we haven't been Herald singing the praises of Synaptic Static enough. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a really it, damaging spell. It's really good in combat. I think, like I said, it's solid. And, I'm not gonna lie, it's solid. But it does nothing I'll outside of combat. That's what it does. I, you're right. No, you cast it. You cast it on the but, bottom. Cast it on I the mean, bottom. Negative D six from all saves for the rest of the encounter. You're I mean, it's it's like it. that's pretty good, but okay. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty not good. concentration, which means that you can then put Bane on top of them as well. You can then put Mind Sliver on top of them as well. Yeah. I mean, okay, but maybe or if you have a bad, simulacrum, if you're a simulacrum, one of them costs Cloud Kill, right? And then you cost Force Cage, right? Also, you you know, I want to bring up real quick before we run out of time here the level proportions of this because that was a thing about from the beginning, looking at the proportionality. If we're just looking at our spells, I think Cure Wounds is so useful in its first level spell. Um, kind of high level you go, you have to look at is it worth that spell? So is it worth that high level cast? And I'd argue Cure Wounds is always worth it. Are you telling me you're going to cast a fifth level spell and you're going to get five d eight plus five? You're, you're never going to up cast cure wounds. You just it, you when you're fifth level, cast like mass mass healing or something at that yeah, point. I'm I'm a druid and I do not yet have heal, and I have been up level casting cure Why wounds it, you, so if you, much. As a druid, if you had goodberry, goodberry is in combat. It isn't, but outside of combat, goodberry is superior in every way to cure wounds. Okay, but like no. we're, we're arguing outside of combat, yeah. levels of the spells. At my at at my level, you get mass cure wounds at fifth level, and at Jake's seventh level, you have access to heal. It, Not everyone gets mass cure wounds. You were just talking about yourself as a druid. I'm using your own get, scenario. Okay. Alright, we'll end chaos oh, there. Um. We'll end chaos there. 
and move on to closing statements. Uh, what, what last words do you have to uh, champion your choice of the spell that must be taken no matter what? I, I, I'll go while my ideas are fresh. I mean, the spells put forward by my associates are great, but wouldn't you want to cast Synaptic Static twice? Twice? Are you, okay, we've already just said you can't do that, but maybe you want to cast, God forbid, Cure Wounds twice in one round. I don't know. But the, the point is, this: the, the amount of u utility of it in combat, out of combat, the sheer fun and shenanigans you can do with this spell, a resources... Is pro is it's not going to be an issue. Like there are so many ways you can make money at this higher level. Just I mean, the simulacrum itself can make you profits. But and I mean, I, I already put forward that in freezy thing. So I think this 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 spell is extremely good in combat, extremely good out of combat. It's very fun, and that's all I've got to say about that. Um. You all said that Synaptic Static is purely a combat spell. I mean, yes, that is correct. It is a spell made for you to throw on a big group of people uh, or just the boss monster at the beginning of combat and then make your lives easier. Every bit of damage prevention is superior to healing. And the sooner you kill uh, the boss, the more damage is prevented. The sooner you end the encounter, the less spells you have to use on healing. Um, and I think that Synaptic Static helps you end the encounter early. It makes sure that most foes aren't resisting the damage type. Uh, you're almost guaranteed for it to work on most enemies. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of the most solid combat options that you can pick, and you will be glad that you took it. I mean, if we're talking solid options, Cure Wounds is a solid option. It is just well known. It is baseline good. It is never not good. I think on average, it's just, it is no matter where when it's used, look at across the field, it is solid. It is good. Uh, one thing I mentioned earlier, but I forgot to, is can't dispel Cure Wounds. You can dispel Simulacrum. Uh, I believe you can dispel the effect that minute afterwards. Cure Wounds, it's just you every party needs healing you should play a healer cory play a healer take your wounds okay uh that concludes question two that was that was that was a pretty pretty combative uh close one to call but now it is time for the faded question three once again the debaters have not heard or know, uh, they don't know what this question will entail. Uh, and they will have to come up with their uh, standpoints on the spot. So let's, let's, just, let's just get it out here. Last week, we had a little bit of fun figuring out which feats would be cool to have in real life. And quite frankly, I would be remiss if I didn't apply that same question to spells. So... Uh, I want to give y'all five minutes to look through the spell book and make your choice as to which spell would be the best to have in real life. I want you to convince me why uh, whatever spell you choose is the best to have in this world that we're currently living in. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll set the timer for five minutes. Any spell. Any spell. Any, any spell. Right, I have my answer. 
<laughs> Wait, uh, how many how many how many spell slots do we have in this hypothetical scenario? Like that, yeah. Ten minus its level. Ten minus its level. Um, so yeah, I'll give you oh, five okay. minutes to look through the spell book. And, no and, and pick your spell. So I'll say no wish. Just just to be oh, safe. No wish. Mine. I was gonna I was gonna wish say I'm going, first. I'm going you... first. I would have chosen wish just so Jake could choose wish. Wish because wish you can cast every single spell in the game except for other ninth levels. So it, it wins. No wish. <laughs> no wish for you. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing. All right, let's get started. Let's get it started in here, as the Black Eyed Peas say. The five minutes are up. Um, and I believe, Amanda, you'll be going first. And I look, yes. it's the will of the dice. You go first for all of these th this time third I'm questions. Ready, though. I'm ready, though. I'm going first because I also believe I have the spell you'd want the most in real life. Well, um, how much well, time then, do I have? Well, I want to talk we'll about the spell. We'll say we'll say we'll get two minutes for this one, and before Perfect. before your opening statement, just uh, give the spell and read its description from the spell book. If all right, I won't read the whole description because it's a bit long. But I think spell so at least I know I'd want. I think you'd want to, Corey, in real life is Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion. Um, basically, with this spell, uh, it's non-concentration, and you take one minute to cast a. It's a, a conjugal door uh, to an extra planar house, a mansion that you create, lasts for 24 hours, and it is a giant mansion that only you and people you choose can enter. It is furnished. It is, it described, it describes itself as the atmosphere is clean, fresh, and warm. That is a quote from the player's handbook. Uh, there are servants in there. It is to your liking. It is a, it, it's a secret uh, in between planar mansion that you live in, you create, and you just got to recast it once every 24 hours. Uh, I'm gonna start my time now because I'm gonna go into my arguments. See, we're talking practical, real life uses for a spell. You know what problem I have in real life? Rent. Like, we're all going to school in LA. Rent in LA is kind of insane. And if I could not pay rent and just once a day, spend a minute to create my mansion or recreate my mansion. Yeah, I do that. And it's tucked away. It's not taking up any physical space in the real world. It's tucked away in a nice little hidden dimension. It feels real. It is nice. It is comforting. It is a home I would want. Um, also, things like you see those, you know, tiny house or like van life videos. And you're like, God, I wish I could travel a country and just not, you know, kind of live off the grid like that. But oh god, I don't want to live in a van for a few months. Problem solved. Every night you just cast Morden kind of magnificent mansion, and you are, you know, in the Grand Canyon, but also sleeping in a wonderfully modern, amazing home. It is just perfect. It's so good for real life. And I'm talking about real life spells. Um, there is a some gold components or material components, but it's three things. Only five gold each. The spell does not consume them. You're set. That is what you said. It's hundred forty-five dollars as a gold piece. That times three is like four hundred something dollars. That's like half. 
that's half a month's rent in a tiny student apartment in LA. That's for a lifetime's worth of hidden mansions. Imagine the house parties. Imagine the, you know, the kickbacks. It's a good time. It is your private space that is cheap. It is amazing. And you should take that spell. I want it so bad. That's okay. Compelling argument for Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. Um, okay. Um, uh, Jake, I have not gone. Okay, Jake, so Jake, you haven't gone second. So you will go second. Which spell should I have in real life? Sorry, am I screening a spell first, before the time? Yeah, first read right, the spell well, uh, from the spell book and then start your argument. I mean, there's so many spells I want, but Amanda kind of inspired me because I want a house too. But it, this really depends on your architectural taste. <laughs> but I'm going with the spell Temple of the Gods. <laughs> so this creates a, a, a beautiful temple um, 120 feet on each side. Uh, and you can choose what's God's pantheon or philosophy um, you want it to be. Uh, and you can make all decisions about the temple's appearance. So actually, you can make it look exactly like the mansion if you really wanted to, I think. Um, but it gives you, it rejuvenates you by helping you heal. Um, people can't see you. It truly is a private space. You're immune to divination magic when you're in here. And you can also protect oneself from fiends and undeads if there is suddenly an apocalypse. Um, and like Amanda's spell, the component is nothing. You just need a holy symbol. Uh, but that, that's what the spell is. It's actually quite long, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. So I guess I'll start my argument. Um, well, yeah. Like the, the mansion, this is you can avoid rent by making this beautiful temple and, and make it look as you like. It could be make it like a Greek villa. Maybe you want to make it like an um, ancient uh, Parthenon. Maybe you want to make it more, look more modern. It's, it's, it's down to your taste, really. But I think it's better than the, the, the mansion. Well, firstly, because it truly is your private space. No one can see inside of it. Uh, no one can even, well, people, yeah, no one can enter it either. And as I said, if there's an apocalypse, you're all cool. You're all cool. Um, um, and it can't be dispelled. I don't know if the mansion can be dispelled. This cannot be dispelled. Um, and if you do it enough times in the same spot, it becomes permanent as well. And it's all shiny, beautiful. Um, oh, it also smells very nice. It actually says this. The smell of burning incense fills the air within, and the temperature is mild, which I think is pretty nice. But you could always you could always ask there to be air conditioning or heaters if you would like. But I think, I think, I think some people just want a more um, have a different architectural taste. I think the temple would be cooler, and yeah, I will also extends into the ethereal plane if you want to take a holiday there. Um, that's up to you. <laughs> that's what I've got to say about Temple of the Gods. Okay, Temple of the Gods. Um, also very compelling in a lot of similar ways. Um, cool, and then finally we've got Scott. What's, what's the IRL spell? 
Leonin's tiny hut. Um, yeah, so unlike Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion and worse Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion, I'm going to pick, um, I'm going to pick an option that is something you'll want to cast, uh, to help you with tasks throughout the day. This is not a living thing. This is, um, something that will just be routinely useful for every time you need an hour of productivity, and that is skill empowerment. Let me read the spell for you. Your magic deepens a creature's understanding of its own talent. You touch one willing creature and give it expertise in one skill of your choice until the skill ends, the creature until the spell ends, the creature doubles its proficiency bonus for ability checks it makes that use the chosen skill. You must use a skill in which the target is proficient and that isn't already benefiting from an effect such as expertise that doubles its proficiency bonus. So what you do is you take something that you are good at, uh, something you are pursuing, uh, presumably, um, and you go ahead and just make yourself incredible at it. You're ruling, um, I've started my arguments, by the way. Um, your, uh, your ruling was that because we could cast ninth level spells, we had that, uh, 17th level and above proficiency bonus of plus six. That means if you have a measly plus one in a stat, you are looking at a plus 13 to all of your checks. If you are, uh, unlucky enough to roll a two, um, you can't critical miss and ability checks technically, but let's say, um, you, let's say you can critical miss and you roll a two, you get a 15 automatically on that check, better than 75% of people in the world. You, uh, go ahead and roll a 10, you're rolling, um, you are, uh, rolling a 23 on that check. This is concentration. It lasts for an hour, uh, and by our rules, you can do it five times per day. So that's five hours per day when you have expertise in a chosen skill that you're already good at. Also, let's talk about the flavor text of this spell. Uh, this spell is actively good for your mental health. Your magic deepens a creature's understanding of its own skill. That's just such a nice thing. Wouldn't you like to be able to touch yourself? Uh, and <laughs> uh, wouldn't you like... Keep going, Sky. Keep going. Wouldn't you like to be able to tap yourself uh, and just... And just get your skin. You can't. You can't. Just end, you have to end it there. Or ending Scott's one there. Scott, I can already do that in real life. Come on, man. Um, you got 30 seconds to recover. Uh, five hours a day of being fucking incredible at the things that you're good at. Uh, knock out an essay in like half an hour plus 13 is an incredible goddamn boost, and that's assuming that, like, the stat behind it is only a plus one. Okay. Um, Liaman's Tiny Hut. So, we've got a very interesting spread of spells, none of which I was really expecting, but that's a great thing. So, starting the chaos round, I'll have this question in mind. Which of these arcane edifications is the best to have in real life? Yeah, I don't think Scott's actually done Liam and Tiny Hearts. No. <laughs> so I I, I want to get I I can spend at least first first tackle why Temple of God Temple of the Gods is just a I think in D and D it has its benefits over maybe comparably over Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion, not in the real world. First of all, it takes up space in the real world. 
it more incarnates is a yeah you could show it off i don't know you gotta yeah, get so property for this also so it's a one hour casting time every night oh that's terrible um also <laughs> it's your time it, of meditation because you can't see inside of it you can still see it it's not invisible you can still it's still yeah, what's physically wrong with there. that what's wrong with that you could show it off like, hey, look at my giant temple. Look at my giant. Where would you put it? We're in LA. Where are you? We like... don't have to be in LA. I think put it on a, put it on the stage. I think it works. On the, the most part, we're all in LA. Okay. The house. And also, also, I what you did is you brought into question bringing divine religion and gods and deities into it our can be reality. philosophy. Can be philosophy. I... You just have okay. a philosophy of taking life easy. That can be okay, your. Okay, I see that you're there, but also like, <laughs> that is, is it, a philosophy. Is it, like, I <laughs> hey, this is my like. I just conjured a. Here is my like church. I confirm like Jesus. This is my Jesus is real. Is it like this is Paylor, You know, the D and D God, or is it like what well, from an atheist? I guess the philosophy is one thing, but what is my philosophy like? Um, I don't. What philosophy would I do? I, it also, makes no sense. Like, yeah, the existential. Like, if I'm like, I'm gonna pray to my philosophy, and then a house appears. I'm like, oh shit, my philosophy has a god. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be enlightening. Your your mind jumps to that, or holy shit, I'm a god, and either one is not good. Yeah, I get it. Has you know its benefits in D and D compared to Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion, not in the real world at all. But and does does your power. mansion hmm? does your mansion smell of burning incense? You can make it that way. You can bring it in. You can make it that way. It's clean, mind. fresh, and warm. Right. Skill empowerment. Warm, mild. Uh, I see where you're going with it, but you already have to be proficient in it for it to work. So okay. That is, I don't want to be, I don't want to be expert at something I'm already good at. I want a spell to help me do things I can't already do. Like, I, I need it to pay my rent, you know? Like, I don't, and also, I don't need to be, like, good at coding for an hour a day. I need to be good at coding for multiple hours throughout a lot of my life. Things like that. Like, like, like five, like five hours a day? Like five hours a day of coding? Sure, recasting it, something like that. If I want to go into that field or other, you know, things related to my uh, you know, yeah. desired career, but yeah. so this is the solution. So, but I need a spell to help me with something I'm not good at because you know, for example, like I, what if I like all right, I want to be extra good at writing because I'm pretty good at writing. Uh, that's not going to stop me from the fact that I have trouble sitting down and focusing, like getting to write. So I can be like super fucking good at writing. But my executive functioning is not there either, so it doesn't work like that way. Um, okay, oh, like, let's talk about how huge a bonus plus 13, or at least plus 12 is, you know? Like you are adding plus 12 to whatever your stat is. You are adding, stats aside, you are adding plus 12 to it. But how does that even relate to real life? Like, are, are the world, way our world doesn't work like the rolling bickling thing? I mean, like, okay, so say the average person's proficiency bonus is plus 2. Okay. You now I, have plus 13, plus 12 in a skill. That's crazy. I just, I, the fact it's so limited an hour and things I'm already, I don't, in real life, if I'm going to bring a spell into my fantasy world, into real life, 
I want it to help me with things that I can't just work harder to do or already sort of have. I want like with something that I just could never actually get in real life that a spell could just do it for me. And that is a hidden mansion that is all to myself. Um, also, you brought up like, the mental health. You know, it's good for your mental health. You know, it also is great for my mental health. Not having to pay rent and knowing I have a safe, secure home to return to every single night. All right, mine is direct, though. Mine deepens your understanding of your own skill. It's just a self-esteem boost. I'm, I'm self-aware. And but also, I'm also, wait, wait, I'm also wait, worried actually, about having to at, find an apartment. I mean, this is actually a problem with mine as well, I suppose. But if you're not paying rent, then... I, you have to have a registered address to be a citizen, I think. Use or someone else's address. That, I don't think, is legal. <laughs> you can, you know, okay. it, it, it's no problem of mine, because you, since you can see it, I guess you're now paying you're rent. Living with your parents? But, you're sort of, that could be it. You're not paying rent to your parents. This, it, this just, is illegal. A, <laughs> this is illegal. I'm pretty sure building a temple in the middle of anywhere is also illegal. Like zoning rights and shit. Um, I'm not saying mine's steroids legal, but is also illegal. illegal. No, it's not taking illegal. Adderall, I don't depends. Actually, 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 you're using my. Well, we're all using magic, so we're all cheap. Yeah, is skill empowerment just taking Adderall? <laughs> just taking drugs. <laughs> not relevant. <laughs> So I mean, sick. look, this morning I woke up, Here's the thing. took my Vivance, and wrote a bomb-ass paper. That's skill empowerment, right? I didn't um, normally do that. about, like, having to, like, not helping you with uh, things like, like executive dysfunction. It's still going to take you a long time to write an essay. If you are rolling, I think any DM would say, if you roll, like, a, a, a 24, um, which is a 23 or 24, which is the average on writing your essay, it's not going to take you that long to write your essay. Let's like, but, eight, but you don't a, roll for things in real life. You're going to get a situation where you're going through your exams, through your magic, but then you will have like a work day when you can only do it for five hours, say, and the rest of the hours you're going to be just behind. It's like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. You still have your normal level. Also, why are you? Skill empowerment yeah. is also concentration, meaning, so? you know, I have to be concentrating on the spell and also at other tasks I'm working on. There's not, okay, so, like, there's no mechanic in D&D that's, like, you have disadvantage on intelligence checks when you're concentrating on a spell. Right, but it's in real life, I'm not making intelligence checks. I'm making a, can I get my ass to sit down and write this paper check? It's just the word concentration. It's not, like... See, but concentration has more of a real-life meaning than with uh, skill checks don't mean as much in real life. It's the same sort of thing. It's not true at all. All we do in real life is skill checks. It's not as random as you think, as if we're trying to make it out to be. Because we all, like... Uh, I mean, when you, like, write a... Here's the thing. In real life, if you roll, like, a seven, uh, if you if you get, like, a seven on a skill check, that's still acceptable. In D&D, like, you still, like, they all have all these high-stakes skill checks, um, which is why we don't notice it as much in real life. Uh, that's why it's fine for us all to roll, like, between 7 and 12 on all of our skill checks, but now we're rolling at 20, in the 20s range, okay. like these goddamn superhumans in D&D are. I'd, I just want to bring up this. 
the whole point of using these skill and time in real life is to you know get better at your craft, your trade, to maybe get a better job, to make more money, to be more happy in your job, to have money to get a better house, to live nicer, to have more income. Wouldn't it be nice to feel like kind of skip to the end right there and be like, hey, no matter what I'm doing, I'm gonna have a nice house. I'm gonna live comfortably. Well, that that depends on your what you want out of life. If you just want to take it easy, then the mansion's great. But some people want to actually get involved with. Uh, society you can't have a paid job if you don't have a address i mean you could cheat cheat the... still have an address there's ways to do it how do you think like van life people do it i haven't watched van life videos a whole lot but they do something they're legal people uh and they're just traveling the country in a van or like a bus or something that they redecorated yeah. with their parents money um yep here's here's the thing Here's the thing. We keep talking about how this isn't translatable to real life, but we are talking about translating mechanics of D&D to real life. You could just as easily make like the same argument of like attack rolls aren't a thing in real life because it's not that random. It's about your skill with the thing. Like no, we're we are we are translating the mechanics of D&D into real life in the in the um premise of this question. So the argument cannot be you can't use this spell in real life because real life doesn't work based on Okay, that's fair. But at the end of the day, it's still not as cool as making a mansion. I mean, you know what else you can use my temple for? What? What can you use a temple for, Jake? You can, you can maybe do some good and make it like a hospital. It gives, it, it adds your healing. It makes people better at healing. If you're like, you, there's been some disaster, you're like, hey guys, here's a hospital. Yo, oh, there's a hospital. Everyone can go in. Why get didn't you pick like reincarnate then? Yeah. Well, some people don't want to get reincarnated. With your wounds. But that's different, like because <laughs> greater restoration. Yeah, All right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have I mean... to wind down on this chaos. Um, a lot of good discourse here with these spells, um, but I want to move on to closing statements. So just to make your final points on why these uh, these different forms of buildings uh, in spell form would be the best to have in real life. And mine? Wait. Question mark? Corey, are you still thinking well, that he's a... on Leowin's Highway Heart? I'm still confused. What do you mean? Oh, wait. The joke. I'm doing skill and power. Oh, my gosh. I do, I do, <laughs> this, is, this proves, this proves like, how little I know spells. I thought that that was part of Leowin's Tiny Hut. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought that was just like a a oh, facet of that spell. Hut is like the third level equivalent of these, where you can make like a little ten foot dome. Okay, see I. <laughs> okay, see I thought I thought Liamman's tiny hut was a tiny hut that you could go no, to amazing. improve your skills. Anyway, Corey, give, Corey, give <laughs> yourself a bonus point. For I'll that. give myself a bonus point for being fucking stupid. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So I take back my building remarks. These are all very diverse spells we have here. Um, anyway, uh, at any rate, uh, closing statements, let's hear them. Um, I posit, sure, you have to buy in to the idea that we are making skill challenges in our day-to-day -day life. But I argue when you go to the gym, you're making a strength check. When you write a paper, you're making an intelligence check. You're making persuasion checks when you're talking to people. I think that um, having this massive boost, I, I think that you do skill checks constantly on a day-to-day -day basis. 
we just they're lower stakes um, and I think that having this enormous superhuman plus to things you choose that you are already good at which is like that's four skills already because you get four skills um, I think that that is an incredible bonus to your life I think it will have uh, long-term uh, a, a long-reaching effect um, that will yes get you eventually a sick house but also get you disposable income to spend on other things um, such as uh, such as food such as um, paying for uh, your kids university expenses such as paying for your own student loans I think that yes it's not like as immediate like serotonin as I have my own magnificent mansion um, but I think that it is uh, a smarter move in the long run. I'm your accountant, Corey, and I'm telling you to pick skill empowerment. Scott is not my accountant, um, for those listening, but I appreciate the I sentiment nonetheless. I am. You will be, maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll throw my final words here. Um, I'll say Temple of Gods, it's worse, Magnificent Mansion, especially in the context of the real world. Um, I think skill empowerment, almost a little offensive, like are my own chops not good enough? And my own ability is not good enough to be successful? That's what you're saying? Scott, you offended me. I think the mansion just- I'm talking to you. Corey's the only one who gets to be offended. Corey, are you offended? Uh, no comment. <laughs> I am an impartial but moderator. I do want you to know, you offended me regardless, so. Basically, the whole point is that the, you know, rent and buying a house, all these things is a, one of the biggest just universal burdens of reality. And to have the spell that could just wipe that away, it's pretty amazing. And I still want to work towards things. I still want disposable income for other things like foods or other forms of traveling, kids, family, whatever. Yes, I still need, I'm still going to work towards that. But just having this luxury is pretty nice. It's pretty good and would solve a lot of my issues and all my mental health issues for sure. Um, I could choose to do whatever I want. I'm gonna have to succumb to the capitalist grind mindset of society. Um, and I could just live happily knowing I have a mansion. Corey, you could live happily knowing you have a mansion to return home to every single night. Um, that again also no environmental effects it is just perfect it's just a little pocket dimension it's the spell for reality okay i'll, I'll throw out my closing remarks um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the uh uh the, the temple that it you can do so much good with it Corey. do so much good with it um like yeah, it also provides you housing and all that. And maybe it's not, you don't get servants and the, the such. But with the temple, you can you can be walking around the world, giving your foreign aid. Here, guys, shelter. Here, guys, medicine. Uh, and, you know, it just, and it's pretty fun. Um, it's a nice place to live. You can make it look however you want. Um, I mean, yeah, you'll have to deal with, like, Hell, land and stuff, but I don't know. You could become famous for that guy who goes around with a uh, portable health place. I don't know. 
just sounds fun, really. I mean, the ma- the mansion is like you're escaping from life. I mean, do you really want that? Do you just want to disappear every day from existence, basically? Because that's what it is. Um, yeah, because it's a portal dimension or something. Yeah, basically. Anyway, so that's my closing remark. Kidnapped. I... Anyway, that was my closing statement. I'm just continuing talking until I finish the sentence. <laughs> Okay. Uh, sentence done. Uh, as as concludes our debate today, I will uh, tabulate the scores really quick. Um, but but many many points well made. I feel very enlightened uh, in in the world of spells that um, that we've we've talked about this today, and and I've learned a lot. Um, Words, words, words. Fill in time. Maybe if I like start a trend where the third question is IRL. Just yeah. from now on, we should just prepare. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like I would have, I would have, it would have been a missed opportunity for spells to not do that. Pretty close race we got here. Yeah. A three-point interval between between debaters, between each. Um, the first question I had tied between Scott and Amanda. Uh, I Jake, I really did like the... Um, the just kind of conceptual standpoint on Revivify as far as like stakes uh, yeah. and, and of, of that sort of thing goes. Um, but it, it, it does seem very situational and, and dependent on the campaign itself. Whereas the other two I did uh, with, with, you know, differing degrees of um, usefulness versus harmfulness. Um, so those two tied. Um, question two, uh, I had Scott, then Jake, then Amanda, um, as far as, just as far as just general, you know, uh, usefulness versus the fun and utility versus actual strength, um, with the points that were made, that was the order that I went with. And then for the final one, um, well, I'll say after the final results. But the final result, the final results are Scott at first with thirty-three, then Amanda with thirty, then Jake at twenty-seven. Um, well fought debate, but that's what it boiled down to. Uh, and then the third question I, I had that same order: Scott, Amanda, then Jake. Although Amanda, you tied that round with an extra bonus point. Um, but yeah, that's how that shook out. Nice. My crown continues. I cannot believe I won against Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. Yeah, and how? I said that and I thought I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, the first, I mean, there was a good point um, made just practically that Jake made that I gave him a bonus point for, for the legality of it. <laughs> But then you did uh, you did have the counterpoint of the van people, which I gave you a bonus point for. However, uh, thinking about thinking about it like in real life, I can just easily I can see myself more easily or anyone 
for that matter, more easily using uh, skill improvement now that I know it's not Lehman's Tiny Hut. And also, at first, I believe I had it like kind of like a three-way tie until I realized it <laughs> Lehman's Tiny Hut was not in the equation whatsoever. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm a, I am a bit baffled of how my boy Similac was in not Ben. Similac it got, it got second. It got second it's in that. Man. The, cost, the cost was a big thing, too. It's mm. to cast in a campaign. I take Wish and then use Wish to cast Simulacrum without using the components or the 12 hour casting time. Fair enough. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't take that last round too. Over. Well, it, it is what it, it is. The, you the, tied the, the last the round, Amanda. You did tie the last round. If, but I, I didn't mean, win. You know, well, it has how the cookie uh, boils. Synaptic static got some appreciation on this one. Yeah, spread the word. Should I is that a wizard spell? Should I take in your campaign spell? It's a lot of spells. Yeah, it's a. I looked it up. A lot of classes can okay, use that. Okay, so just for Scott, I'll go around and spam it. Lock and wizard, I believe. Just for you, Scott, I'll go around and spam it. Anyways, if we can learn anything from this episode, it's that you should play healer and you should take cure wounds. I don't care if I, I got third in that round. I don't care if I got third. You should take take a healing spell. Just take a just, healing spell. Just go hardcore. No healers in the party. Do it. Don't do that. Do it. Don't. Absolutely well, not. And I am currently Do doing that in a campaign, and we had to adopt an NPC cleric. <laughs> Do it. With that, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, listening. Who who really won us, this it, debate? Who really won? Again, why why was it me? Uh, let us know in the comments. Worst spell, best spell, spells in real life. Let us know your choices. Uh, thank you once again for listening. This has been episode eight of D&D Debates, and we will see you all next episode.